Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So to give some explanation and background knowledge for this whole encounter, I was around 15 at the time that this occurred. I was camping out in the middle of nowhere with my family and part of my extended family, my aunt, uncle and cousins. I was the oldest kid there in the RV, so you can probably understand how it felt to have no one else to do the stupid stuff that I did back then with. With a good two year gap between me and the inferiors, it was almost like Nirvana when I got to the campground and met the other teenagers. These were all people that we knew fairly well from previous camping trips so it was considered normal to hit it off with them from the start and act like that we'd known each other from like forever within the hour. And with that out of the way, now to the story. So my parents trusted me a lot, and not a lie as well. And while I liked my fun, I also liked getting home in time for dinner equally as much. So when I was gone most of the day with other people from the camp, they didn't think too much about it. The only rule was that I had to be back at the RV to eat dinner and before 8.30 in the evening. So, picture this. A group of six teenagers, 15 to 16, out in the middle of the woods with no adult supervision for the vast majority of the day. Just a, a recipe for success right there, right? But this particular day, we found a neat little deer trail that we hadn't found in the two years that we'd been here before. On second thought though, it didn't really seem like a, a deer trail, I guess. It sort of snaked through a, a really thick part of the underbrush. Maybe a foot or 30 centimeters of clear ground, three and a half feet or one meter clear of branches going upwards. It's a really hard thing to pick out from the brush unless you're either really looking or know where it is. But it was promptly explored, marked with a broken branch outside of the entrance and quickly forgotten. Except I remembered this little special tunnel there. That night while we were all eating dinner, one of the adults proposed that we played manhunt out in the woods at night. Not everyone was totally on board with this idea, but in the grand scheme of the plan, they were squashed down like autumn leaves. Everyone got a flashlight and everyone was assigned to a team. For those of you who aren't sure what manhunt is, here's a, a brief explanation. So everyone playing is given a flashlight and they're divided into two groups. It's basically like glorified flash tag, but there's a catch, you see. As you catch people, you have to correctly identify who they are, and if you can, they join forces with the hunters. The last man standing gets a candy bar or something, or whatever is being offered as a prize. This is how he played it. So, for the first round, I get lumped with the runners, those who are getting chased by the hunters. We get a five minute head start to run, climb a tree, whatever we want, to evade the hunters. 
Usually I'm the one up the tree, but that never really worked out as being the winning spot, so to try and score a win for once, I decided to play the cat and use one surefire method of escape. And the hiding spot was that rude little path through the thicket. It took most of the head start time to find the thing, because it was so well hidden and out of the way. As I passed hiding spots, I heard hushed, smothered whispering between siblings who were questioning my actions, like a bird's wings rustling when it's fluffing itself. It should be noted that I have bat hearing. My ears are possibly my greatest asset in the game. But when I'm just reaching the destination, I hear the short blast of the air horn announcing that the five minutes are up. I swan dove into this minute little path in the undergrowth, shuffling on my hands and knees until I'm about halfway in, crouching down like some huge malformed quail. The hunters are doing an initial sweep through the trails, looking for obvious hiders and people caught out trying to change spots and stuff like that. When they finally reach me, they reach the dead end and go straight back. I try to readjust myself and crawl further down the tunnel, and I honestly don't know how it happened, but... I found an even more hidden path within that one, and accidentally, I dragged my stupid body down the rabbit hole. Except, instead of ending in a dead end, this one ended in a sort of slight hollow. I don't ever want to describe exactly what I found there, but I'm sorry, I just can't. But what I will say is that it was a younger looking woman, naked, covered in lacerations and wounds, in the fetal position. Her glassy glazed eyes seemed to look straight through me. I won't go any further than that, but I was too scared to scream, and I froze there while dark burgundy stains formed on my jeans. I froze there in a pseudo-catatonic position like a marble carving for what felt like hours. And then, then, I heard someone else coming along that path. Have you ever been so scared that for one moment... One insane moment you truly consider something incredibly stupid as a viable option to escape? That was one of those times. I let out a short, trembling whimper and started moving. Whoever was on that path, they stopped and then eagerly started moving forward again. I could hear their panting, uneven breaths of a man, a horrible marker of whoever was getting closer and closer to me by the second. And by some wondrous, beautiful miracle... He missed the path leading to the brushy hollow. I heard him moving down past the entrance, dragging something clunky and awkward behind him. I heard clinking noises and the occasional effort to silence the small sharp noises. I heard a low curse somewhere towards the end of the tunnel, and I blasted out of the undergrowth tunnel like a bullet forcing its way out of a barrel. Cracks, crashes, and obnoxious rustling all around me as I heard the man sharply intake a breath and begin to move towards me. The horse, deep panting, was getting closer and closer to me, a testament to how I was too slow at exiting. Somehow, I exploded out of the entrance, got onto my wobbly, half-asleep legs, and started booking it down the trail. The unknown pursuer was close behind me for a bit, but it seemed like he was too exhausted to chase me at the same speed for long. I know everyone loves to rip on the fact that people always trip in horror movies, but in all honesty, tripping is something that I am amazed I didn't do that day. With adrenaline coursing through me at the speed of Usain Bolt, trying to make my jello-like unsteady walking appendages work to move me away from whoever was behind me was like trying to run on water. It felt like an eternity, but I finally reached the main trail running back to the camp and sprinted down it screaming bloody murder. Confused faces looked out from the trees and I think someone called after me. 
reaching the camp was easy, but trying to explain why I woke up half the people in the camp and bolted out of the woods at breakneck speed was much harder. When I finally choked the words out to explain, I remember a profound insidious silence throughout the group of adults waiting at the mouth of the trail, and I really don't remember a whole lot from that point on. I know the cops were called, and my mother and aunt ran shrieking and wailing along the trail, calling for the other kids to come back to safety. When someone's yelling like that, you don't ignore it too. They rounded everyone up in like 30 seconds flat and barreled back into the camp. The police, they found a, a man out in the woods, creeping along the trail, clutching a knife. A black garbage bag with a plethora of sharp instruments was found, and... A saw was found abandoned on the trail, some speckled and smeared with dry blood. To be honest too, I just really don't think that there's any getting over this. I still have nightmares sometimes of the man chasing me, breathing heavily down the back of my neck trying to catch me, but sometimes in my dreams, he succeeds. Years ago, my dad and my grandpa went hunting together in northern Canada. They were overtaken by a sudden blizzard while out in the woods and they couldn't see anything at all but decided to try heading back to their cabin. Somehow, they ended up walking across a frozen river and my dad fell through the ice. My grandpa got him out but hypothermia had set in. It was getting dark so my grandpa dragged my dad's body through the snow, not wanting to leave his body for scavengers. At around midnight... My mum woke up suddenly with a, a strong feeling that she had to call her mother-in-law. Just as she reached for the phone, it rang. It was my grandma who had also woken from a deep sleep with a strong feeling that she had to call my mum. They kept each other company throughout the night on the phone, finally laying down to sleep each of them on their kitchen floor beside the receiver. By that point, my grandpa had given up trying to find the cabin so he built a fire on some dead wood. Then, he laid some green spruce branches on top of the coals and climbed up on them. Laying there looking out at his son's body, he thought that he saw his stomach move, and then it moved again. So, he quickly grabbed my dad's seemingly frozen body and laid it on the hot spruce. Then, he laid on top of him, and when morning came, they saw that they were actually only about three meters from the cabin, and my dad had regained consciousness. At about that time too, both my mum and my grandma got a strong feeling that everything was alright. So they hung up their phones and at about noon, the RCMP brought them home and my mum, for whatever reason, was not too concerned. It's like she knew something bad had happened but she also knew that it was going to be alright and that was all that she needed to know. This story is still something that all of my family members still swear by. I have no idea how to explain it or what it was, but it's something that we often talk about. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice? At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect pet-friendly place becomes available. 
So when you need a place that's pet friendly and human tolerant, check out apartments.com, the place to find your pet friendly place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So this happened a few days ago while I was on my way home from visiting my friend's house. I was driving on a back road late at night in my Tesla Model 3 while it was on auto drive I'll admit that I was not paying attention to the road and I was on my phone while I had my music in the car playing. The ride was okay and pretty chill for a while but I'm not really sure because I wasn't really paying attention to the time, like I said. When out of nowhere, my car immediately braked and made an alarming sound. I was pretty scared and immediately took control of the wheel and looked through the windshield. When I looked, I saw a figure standing inches from my car barely avoiding being hit. My heart was racing from the impact and now seeing what I could only assume to be a person. They didn't even flinch though from the sight of almost being hit. I looked at them for a good 10 seconds before I put my car in park and turned on the megaphone to ask them if they're okay. They didn't respond and proceeded to walk near my window. I locked my doors while they were approaching because I was terrified. They asked me if I could roll the window down to speak to them but I refused and told them that I could hear them from the other side. I then asked why they were out here all alone in the cold and they told me that their car had broken down and that they were hoping somebody would stop to help them. As they were talking, I got a good look at their face and they appeared to be somewhere between the ages of 25 to 30. They also asked me my name and I told them and they said that their name was Ashton. After that initial small talk, I told them that I would be calling someone to come and assist them with their situation and they were not happy with that and insisted that I drop them off to a friend's house who lived nearby. That's when I became really freaked out and obviously suspicious. They had told me that they were waiting for someone and now they needed to be dropped off. It just didn't make sense. I then put my car into drive and told them again, from the window since the megaphone is not available in park, that I would call someone to come and help them. But then they tried to reach for the door handle but... I guess that they forgot that Tesla handles are embedded into the car. But when they did that, I immediately stepped on the pedal and went flying down the road. I didn't even look into my rearview mirror or put the car back into autopilot. The whole ride back, I was just completely terrified. I did get back onto the main road where I would hope to see cars and I just floored at home after that. I couldn't get my mind off of it for the rest of the night though and obviously I have my suspicions that the guy wasn't alone and that there were other people with them. 
I pray that they didn't get somebody else who wasn't as lucky as me and I will never in my life stop to help some random person ever again. My family built a big farmhouse in the 1890s and a member of our family lived there up until 2017. Everyone has some kind of a creepy story from that house. When my dad was a kid, he would see people walking past his window at night, things like that. Not really uh, malevolent, I guess you could say, but just weird. Shortly after I was born, my mum went over to visit my dad and grandparents. My parents had me while in high school. No one was home and mum says really creepy things started happening. Like a door opened, she heard footsteps down the hallway. Mum got freaked out, took me and left. Growing up though, I loved that house, but I had almost constant nightmares about being in the master bedroom and something trying to open the door and get to me. Never really thought much of it, to be honest. I was never at the house alone, really. But then, in 2017, 20 years after mum got freaked out, my uncle decided that he was going to sell the house. So I went over one night to help do some work. We did some painting, cleaned out the shed, stuff like that. I slept on the couch in the living room and when I woke up, my uncle had already left for work. I got up and went to make breakfast. While I was cooking, I remembered that I'd left my toothbrush in the car. So I went outside, got it, came back in and sat down at the table. And after I sat down, the kitchen door sort of slowly opened. I figured that it didn't latch, so I got up and closed it and pulled on the doorknob to make sure it was closed this time. I sat back down and... Then it opened again, not fast, but faster than before. At this point, I'll admit that I was a little freaked out, but still sort of in denial, I guess. So I, I got up and I closed the door again and really jerked on it to make sure it was closed this time. I sat back down and the instant that I sat down, the door flew open. It was at this point that I started hearing footsteps from the hallway that I had nightmares about and... Out of the corner of my eye, I also saw a dark shape in the living room moving towards me. I ran out of the house and I drove off. I left my clothes, my toothbrush, my sunglasses, everything in there. I was completely terrified. The house, it sold not long after that and I obviously never went back since then. So, I know that this is going to sound totally crazy and I know that I'm bound to get a, a ton of puns and jokes from this, but has anyone else seen black-eyed children come from their closets as kids? Because when I was five, I shared a room with my baby sister and the closet door never closed right. As I got a little bit older, I remember seeing this little boy with black soulless eyes come from the closet and he would always want me to play with him. I had a decent nightlight that gave a soft glow throughout the room and the boy never travelled into the light. I remember how at one point he actually got mad that I kept refusing to play with him and he snuck around the room, grabbed the cord to the nightlight and threw it to the ground, immediately waking my baby sister who started screaming. I got in trouble for that because my mum always thought that I was the one who she heard playing in the room and she was especially mad when she found the broken nightlight that night. 
She tried to punish me by leaving us without a nightlight, but I convinced her to at least leave the door open because I knew the boy would never be able to get to either of us if that door was open. So, we eventually moved from the house and to this day I never really slept in the full dark, especially with the closet door open. Up until this point, I always just wrote it off as a bad dream and thought that that was it, but my little sister, who is pregnant for the second time, said that she actually heard children giggling the other night that stopped whenever she turned on the lights and made sure all the doors throughout the house were shut. And boy, did that bring back some memories. To make things even more interesting, my boss recently admitted that there's an old superstition about not letting children sleep in a dark room with the closet door open. When I asked why, he said that there were black-eyed children who would coax the children into the closet and they would never be seen again. I don't know about that, but has anyone experienced anything like this? Is there really an urban legend of black-eyed children in closets? Why do I only hear about the black-eyed children on the streets going after adults? I need to find some answers. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When I was in 7th or 8th grade thereabouts, our school did an early summer trip where they took 10 kids who signed up and 4 adult chaperones to keep them wrangled up into Frederick Sound in Alaska for 3 weeks total. The goal of the trip was kayaking to different wilderness beaches to camp and do some hiking and stuff like that. We left from Petersburg aka by a small seaplane who flew us in fours out to our first destination which was a beautiful little bay cove and an island that you could walk to at low tide and a smaller one that you couldn't access at all by foot. Behind the bay on the hillside was evergreen forests they went on for what felt like forever. From there we would be on our own for the next two and a half weeks by that point of the trip that is. So, it took about half a day to get that done and the rest of the day to set up everyone's camps for the night. The first unusual thing that we saw when we arrived there was back in the tree line from the beach was old and wooden ship parts. You could find ropes and pulleys thicker than our arms, old rutted pieces of carved planks and railings, and most interesting of all, a helm and its deck attachment. All of these things were half buried in dirt, strewn across the tree line, above the shore and in a dire state of decay. But no sign of any other part of the ship and to this day I don't know if it had been wrecked on the shore a long time ago or, or if it had been wrecked at sea and chucked up onto the beach during storms. But it was eerily fascinating to all of us kids and brought up many wild ideas to be told at the campfire that night. After all the others went back to their tents, a girl that I had been having a thing with over the school year and I stayed by the fire to talk and flirt. Perfect night and setting for it too. We listened to some humpback whales singing out in the bay, heard some wolves in between old hoots from out in the very dark wilderness, and we had a starry night sky that looked like it was out of a dream with a big white moon letting a bright bluish light in between the thin trees on the shore. 
Both of us were finally getting tired around what must have been about one or two in the morning, and we ran out of easily found wood to chuck onto the dying fire, so we headed back to our respective tents. The tents were set up in the first line of trees and a line running from the beach into the woods. The girls' two tents were right against the sand. The chaperone's tents was a couple of yards away from that, and us boys' two tents were another couple of yards from that. We were the furthest into the woods. The moonlight made it easy for me to find my way back to my tent, but once I entered the tent, I didn't see where my new friend Alex was sleeping, and I accidentally woke him up by stepping on him. Now, Alex and I had just become friends on that trip. We knew each other from some classes and in the hallways and whatnot. And while we always were friendly with each other, we definitely came from different social groups and we didn't hang out before this trip. He was an athlete and a popular kid and I was a skater and a band kid, but we both loved the outdoors, so that in this particular moment told me neither of us were having a go at each other over what I'm about to explain, but we had no reason to prank each other, so to speak, is what I'm getting at. Hey man, what are you doing back so late? He asked and... I was grinning and said, oh, uh, I was still at the fire with Lisa. He immediately sat up and wanted to hear more. But we were quietly giggling about girls and teenage boy stuff when the woods outside just suddenly went dead silent. The kind of silence that gives you a bit of a sick feeling in your chest and throat and a weight in your stomach. And the back of my neck feels hot like a survival instinct telling you that you're not alone out there in the wild. We both noticed it too and we also fell silent. The only sound that we could still hear besides the distant roll of waves was inside of our tent. It was our other tent mate Sam, being there the whole time and was still snoring away like a chainsaw. Funny, right? Except we were more worried as to why things had gone so silent outside. We felt uneasy about it and decided to listen for a minute. And that was when we heard it. Now, the side of our tent with the door was facing toward the other tent and the shore. This noise came from the opposite side, the wood side. I kid you not too, it sounded like a bunch of, like, and I know this sounds weird, but monks meditating and harmonizing on the word OM, but without saying the M, and continued in a really prolonged drone. It moved from out of the forest coming towards our tent. It had started softly and far away and rather quickly but steadily became louder which is how we realized it was moving closer. It genuinely sounded human but there was no pausing for breaths or shift in tones for any known reason. Suddenly the noise was just right outside of the tent and that's when we noticed even Sam had stopped snoring. He as far as my knowledge was still asleep but this silence was making the noise more intense and it circled us once. No wavering or swaying of the noise, it just circled seemingly suspended in the air, just feet away outside of our tent, at what I can only describe as a, a humanish height off the ground. We couldn't see through the tent, but the moon was still bright enough that we could see silhouettes of the trees outside, so I would assume if someone solid was making it that it too would have cast a shadow from certain angles. But no, no visible form to this noise, no footsteps or twig snapping, just that noise circling. At this point, Alex and I's hearts were pounding in our throats and we had looks of terror on our faces. We just kept silent and still and listened. After it made its circle around our tent, we heard it move on over to the other boy's tent and do the same. Then down to the chaperone's tent, 
It circled theirs but sounded more faint due to the distance. Then it continued onto the girl's tent where we could just barely hear it over the sound of the ocean but sure enough it sounded like it stayed there for a minute based on current context, most likely circling. Then after a few minutes we heard it slowly return now in a straight line from the beach and passed us again back into the forest where it just faded and eventually disappeared. A couple of minutes after the sound stopped, the nighttime forest noises returned and even Sam started snoring again. Alex and I quietly said to each other, did you hear that too? And then we just tried to lay there and go back to sleep, but neither of us were very successful that night. The next morning, we went outside and checked all around the campsite, and we couldn't find any sort of tracks or anything different from the previous night. Nothing, in fact. We asked if anyone else in the group had been awake and heard anything weird and the response was all no's. We didn't go any further into it with any of the others because we didn't want to seem weird but Alex and I know that we experienced something really weird together. After the trip was over he and I went back to not really hanging out but we definitely when we would see each other would exchange looks of like solidarity as to what happened did really happen and we both looked at each other differently now because of it i suppose i still have no idea what that was i know that this is a really strange and weird experience but i'm wondering do any of you guys have any idea as to what this could be While taking a walk to the newsstand around the corner during the afternoon, unfortunately, my neighbor died. I swear that I was gone not even 30 minutes too. I came back to EMTs and police swarming the building. It was kind of surreal how quickly it happened. I didn't know him super well, but I'd helped him carry in groceries and he'd helped with my cat once, then told me in his super sassy old man way that he preferred dogs. After it happened, a bunch of residents were gathered into the common room, including the guy's roommate who had earbuds in listening to classical music, just staring into space with a blank look on his face. I assumed that he was traumatized. One of the neighbors, who's kind of a jerk, was joking about how the guy probably killed him. He started to walk over to ask him what happened, and I grabbed him telling him not to be mean because the guy was clearly listening to classical music to calm down. We all agreed how horrific it'd be to lose a roommate and kind of scattered. The roommate was left in the common room until 11pm while police waited for the body to be collected. They wouldn't let anyone back in. It's been somber since then, even though most of us didn't really know this guy. But we see his roommate in the elevator and hall. He always has his headphones in, he doesn't acknowledge us but just walks past. I've asked how he is and he said fine. Which, okay, maybe he didn't want to talk to a total stranger, right? A few of the rest of us have chatted about the neighbor who passed and fun memories and stuff like that, but then yesterday I heard building staff talking about when they found him. Apparently, he was in nothing but a diaper. He was old, like I said, but he was laying on his sideways across the bed with his head almost to the floor, and his roommate was sitting calmly within sight at a table about 10 feet away. When the worker rushed to do CPR, she asked how long he'd been like that, and the roommate replied, oh him, about 20 minutes. 
Now, it seems like it was natural causes, but the entire thing is obviously really bizarre upon hearing that. Several people also saw him shortly before this fully clothed, and his roommate was just sitting there in the apartment with him while he died? I don't know. It's creepy, man, and I'm really glad that I'm moving out soon. So this morning at around 5am, I woke up to my boyfriend nudging me in the back trying to wake me up. I remembered him sort of seeming panicked, but don't remember what he was saying and we ended up just going back to sleep. We hadn't really talked about what had happened because we were at work and uni, but he just told me about it. What he said was that this morning, he was woken up by me having a, a full-on conversation with something whilst leaning on my elbow. Apparently, I was facing the corner of the room where the closed door was. The room was completely black and the corner was the darkest place in the room. He couldn't make out what I was saying, but he said that it was like I was speaking to something. He said that he turned around and looked at me and I then turned over and went back to sleep. That was when he started nudging me and he said that he woke me up because it really scared him. Now, I've never spoken in my sleep before or done anything like this. We've slept in the same bed for two years and I've never done anything like this. We've slept in the same bed for two years and this has never happened before. And I mean, he said a few things in his sleep before, but he's never sat up and acted like this, like he was having a conversation, but he said that I was full on looking at something and talking to it. Obviously, I have no memory of this at all, but... In the past year, I have experienced some sleep paralysis and saw figures standing in the doorway, so adding this to all of that, I must admit that it does scare me a bit. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.